Ja, good, uh, good morning everybody, um, good morning, um, Mahlzeit. Um, yeah, my name is Markus Rüder, I come from uh, Citicom, Germany, and um, yeah, I would like to give you some introduction to um, global radio certification, regulatory approval in total, um, what is necessary for CE mark, unfortunately I have to correct my, uh, my host here, um, the Standards we're testing according to are given by the European Commission, um, at least in, in Europe, or by the FCC, by ISET in Canada, by Arpensar in Australia, whatever. So um, what has been meant as LoRa certification, this is a protocol certification, regulatory approval means we're having radio standards, we're having EMC standards, and we have safety standards. I come to that during the topic. Okay. Just imagine LoRa devices are being, let's say, developed by small company, free people. There's a hardware engineer, there's a software engineer, and maybe you have a third guy on board doing the marketing stuff. No one really knows how to bring a product into the market. As this is not unusual, I not only discovered during here, during the Sync's Network conference, but this is quite common. LoRa is a technology everyone could implement, it's quite easy, but who takes care about regulatory approval? So, you as a free people company want to give your device into the market, what do you need? You have a LoRa sensor, a LoRa sensor should measure some temperatures, it's been connected maybe here in the Netherlands to the KPN network, we've seen that before how that works, but no one of that company has done regulatory market approval so far. Okay. What do you do? You get in touch with your test house of choice. Maybe it's Citicom, hopefully it's Citicom, and then wait for their first quotation. Second example, your company is 300 people big. You're quite a reliable sensor producer, but everything you did so far is conducted. You're producing wired sensors. Wired sensors for industrial applications, for consumer products, whatever, everything is wired. First time you have a radio interface that has been brought into a device you have as temperature sensor. Radio. You want to have that one being brought into the market not only in Europe. Currently, I think 27 countries fall under Europe. Tomorrow it's 26. Someone may correct me, sorry. But you also want to have something in India. You want to have something in the US, in Canada, Brazil, whatever. So, in total, there are 276 countries in the world where you could get your device into and who have approval mechanisms. Yeah, okay, 226 countries also implements Virgin Islands. I do not know whether there's a business case on Virgin Islands for some of you. Okay, whatever you do, you go to a test house, you say, okay, I want worldwide market approval with that device, what do I have to do? What are the challenges? Challenges are more or less the same for both companies. Ah, works, very good. First, the price and the cost. You can imagine that when you're having a free people company and you have a single device that has been brought into the market with some 30, 40 euro, do not know, and you, uh, let's say, um, are confronted with costs for regulatory approval in terms of, just for Europe, something in the 15K range. 
You have to produce quite a number of sensors to get these into the market. If you're the 300-people company and you want to bring it worldwide, and someone tells you, okay, worldwide market access covering 276 countries is 1.5 million euro, it's quite a bunch. So, as per my opinion, someone needs some guidance to say, okay, these countries matter, these countries maybe don't, which frequency bands can be used, and what is to be done to reduce costs. Second, lead time for market approval. If it's just for Europe, I would say from order to executing all the measurements to getting the certificate is for standard LoRa sensor, two weeks. Doing this for a worldwide product, it takes up to a year. This is not depending on the test house, not depending on Citicom, but this is depending on local authorities. If you go into, taking an example, don't know, Rwanda. Rwanda authorities maybe take longer to approve your testing for the device until you can bring your device into Rwanda market. If you put this to 276 countries, it may take over a year. If your plan is, okay, here's a device, market approval by tomorrow, and get it into the country, it will not work. But the expectation is different. You call the test house and say, okay, market start is by tomorrow, I want to have it distributed in all over the world right now. No, it will not work. Definitely not. Next, if you never had... Oops, sorry. If you have never had a radio interface in your device, and you're maybe not too familiar with radio interface integration, you may be, let's say, having different uh, difficulties with adopting the radio board into your sensor. Some more points are be to taking into account to have this radio, face inside, radio interface inside. Last, the necessary documentation. Maybe you have a radio interface consisting of cheap products coming from wherever, and these probably are missing some documentation, like uh, ROSE, WEEEE, um, whatever. All this is necessary. Let me give you an introduction for Europe. I have to speed up a bit. This map shows, in general, the local authorization regulation schemes all over the world, and you can see that this is very much colored. So it's not one regulatory approval process, it's Several. Just to show, okay, in Europe we have the RAD, the Radio Equipment Directive. Where does it apply? Wherever we have this car or master here. Whatever here. So Europe for sure, Libya, India, sometimes it's accepted to have the regulatory approval for, uh, for Europe to be adopted here. Okay. What do I need? In general, the Radio Equipment Directive points out that I need a declaration of conformity. I need to declare my device conform to the Radio Equipment Directive. Radio Equipment Directive gives some items, which are here, needing EMC testing, needing radio testing, and needing testing according to the Low Voltage Directive, which is safety testing. Where are those standards? Standards are mainly... Sorry, missed that one. Standards are mainly ETSI standards for radio testing. For LoRa devices, it's ETSI 300-220-2. It's EMC testing according to 301-489-3, I think. And it's safety testing according to 62-368. Whatever, you need to apply to these standards, and these standards have to be tested with your device. So, 
given you have an 868 sender, we have in, at least for Europe as an example, Europe-wide harmonized bands, frequency bands. This table shows that not every frequency band is Europe-wide harmonized. So if you're using LoRaWAN technology, it's usually 8681, 8683, and 8685 MHz. So this can be used all over Europe as a harmonized band, but it could happen that you're in that area, 8684, and this is not Europe-wide harmonized. You can see that Sweden is affected here, uh, Belarus, and I think this is Greece. Just to give some examples. Same, we have a new LP1 frequency band by now. It's, sorry, it's 870 to 873. That is, for example, not allowed in Germany. Germany has different radio services in that frequency band. So you may use it, but not in Germany. Also, the 915 band. 915 band is um, usually the ISM band for, I think, Australia is affected here and um, the US. And one could say, okay, the same device from the US can be operated in Europe, yeah, but not everywhere. There are countries it's not allowed. Some countries do not provide information so far, and other uh, countries do um, the checking whether it will be allowed in future. Okay. It's a bit different talking about the US. For the US, in general, a device that runs under the ISM, Industrial Scientific Medical Devices, do not need a full qualification. This is a bit different from what we are using here in Europe. They do not have the product safety. Okay. In general, there are two authorization rules. One is the Supplies Declaration of Conformity, the so-called SDOC. The other one is doing certification. I pointed out here the necessary standards for the intentional radiators for unlicensed use, with, which is a LoRa device, uh, ISM sector. It's FCC part, uh, part 15, subpart C2H. How do I start in general? There's a list of devices that uh, can be found in, uh, in the FCC website. I put, sorry, I put the link over here. Um, you need to set, okay, it's ISM equipment. These rules apply. And in general, these are the ones I've already listed. Okay, then I have everything at hand. Understand type of device. Transmitter, in that type it's unlicensed. It's part 15C. It's certification that is necessary. I do not have a safe declaration. I need some documentation for this, photos, block diagrams, and usually for FCC certification, I need a so-called TCB to be involved. The TCB is the guy taking all the information together, all the test results, and putting it to the FCC homepage. Afterwards, you're allowed to bring your device into the US market. For Canada, it's also two ways of certification. It's also a self-declaration possible, and it's also a certification. Um, the rules are a bit different for now. It's RSP 100, 102, and the other ones. Um, the terms are a bit different. The Canadians say it's license-exempt, while FCC says unlicensed. Okay, but meaning still the same. The process is different. Um, you need a so-called um, FCB, 
not a TCB for, for Canadian approval. Um, testing is more or less the same. Difference is that the Canadian authorities will check your results, which is uh, for, for the US uh, approval being checked by the TCB. I have all this in more detail in a workshop this afternoon where we do not only cover, let's say, the, the surface of this, um, but we will go into more detail, and especially for US and Canada. Unfortunately, the time does not allow to, to go into, into deeper details here. Um, we're also having a booth here at the Things Network Conference, which is located over there in the big hall. So just come over, let's have a talk about your re regulatory, I'm sorry, for your regulatory approval of your device, and yeah. You can, you can ask questions there, you can come to the workshops, whatever. So thanks for your patience, thanks for accepting my, uh, my personal curiosity, and thanks for being able to speak here. Thanks. Yes, thank you so much, uh, Marcus. Um, how often do you get to hear stories of developers, manufacturers, and so forth, that started too late with their certification process? Honestly, um, it's a usual case. Okay. Um, but it's not only with the, with the small companies, with the three engineers, we also get these from the automotive industry. Yeah. Um, usually we're the last in line before the market access takes place. And this also comes from the, from the automotive industry. Someone wants to get something into the market and says, okay, in two weeks it's market introducing. Um, okay, we do not have regulatory approval. Can you help? Yeah, okay, you've got two weeks left. It's... Hmm. Yeah, we can yeah. try, but uh, we would suggest to, to shift market, market introduction, and then all people say, no, it's not possible to shift, two weeks. In the end, they have design problems, they need to redesign, they need adoption, and it takes some three to six months and costs loads yeah. of money. Usually, it's cheapest to think about regulatory approval during the design process. You could add like spare parts for EMC-compliant PCB design, which we saw in the, in the uh, lecture before. And yeah. Yeah, very clear. So start on time. This is also a bit of a wake up call then. Um, any questions from the audience for now? And if not, then we can see you back in your workshop that will be hosted this afternoon, I believe. This, this afternoon, I think by 2 p.m. Okay, great. Well, workshop, it's all on our program. Don't know. So we can find you there then right. at that time. Thank yeah. you so much, Marcus Reder. <clears throat>